Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek can't be with us today. He's a little under the weather, but we're hoping he feels better soon. Uh, my name is Joe Mason. I'm joined here by Joe Beldner. Beldner, uh, how you doing, man? How's are you ready for playoff football? Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I know we were just talking before we hit record. Uh, both of us can't wait. Um, you have Derek's Eagles that are going to be in the playoffs as the number one seed. Uh, you know, you have your 49ers in there also. Hopefully we get a game where they play each other. And then you have me, sad as always, the Jets fan. Uh, so I'm just hoping for some good football. Specifically, I can't wait for Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert. Um, I can't wait for that. The showdown of the hair, the barber bowl is what I've been calling it. I like that. Uh, yeah, we're going to get to all the games. But uh, how are you doing, Mason? I'm good. I'm excited for my 49ers i'm excited for all these games these look like they're going to be really entertaining games wild card weekends usually like the craziest weekend for for playoff football um but we got a lot of good teams in the afc i think everyone's kind of hoping to see that 49ers eagles nfc championship i think that Mm -hmm. would be that'd be pretty crazy but yeah just the three heavyweights in the afc the bengals the chiefs and the bills Hoping one, you know, two of those three are in the AFC championship. That would be, I think, truly some of the, all the best teams in the NFL uh, there in the final four. So, yeah. Yeah. Those, the potential games there, like obviously you have the Bengals versus the Bills with Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. I mean, that's going to be unreal. And then you advance, like, let's say I think the Bills are going to win that game. Then you get potentially Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. Like, I remember that Bills Chief game from last year. I was in Lake Placid at the time. I think everyone kind of remembers where they were during that game when, uh, yeah, that, that was probably the best football game that I've seen in a minute. Yeah, you talk so, about the, the Gabe Davis crazy back and forth oh, yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> the game that made Gabe Davis get drafted so highly this year in redraft. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it was awesome. So, I, I really think we're going to get spoiled this year yet again. Um, the matchups look like they're going to be incredible starting from the first round, really. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's some good matchups, but then once we get past this first round, I think it's going to, all hell is going to break loose. We're going to get some great football. Heck yeah. So for today's show, we, uh, got a little, a little abbreviated show. It'll just be, um, since it's just me and Joe and, and the regular season's over, we're going to talk, um, our Super Bowl picks, jump into wild card weekend and, and the matchups and then do a little dynasty, you know, buy sell. Um, so first off, Joe, who's your Super Bowl pick for this year? Yeah. So whenever I'm looking at the Super Bowl, it's, it's very tough for me to uh, go against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Um, you know, you take away Tyreek Hill from that offense and he still throws for over 5,000 yards Team looks awesome. Travis Kelsey's his awesome self. Um, and then Andy Reid is just an offensive genius. And their defense is good. Like, they don't have um, – maybe they don't have, like, the 49ers defense. Um, the Bills on paper before the season looked like a great defense. They, they haven't been as good lately. But um, I just think that when it comes down to it, no one's beating Mahomes. Nobody's beating the mind of Andy Reid. So they are my Super Bowl pick. What about you? 
Nice. Yeah. Before, before I go to mine, uh, Derek, Derek says the Eagles, obviously he's a big Eagles fan and, you know, they, in my opinion, I, I still think the Eagles are the favorite. They have, you know, the best record in the whole NFL. Mm-hmm. So hard, to, hard to pick against the Eagles, especially with them getting, uh, you know, a week's rest right now, especially for Hertz getting healthy. But my pick, I got to go with my 49ers. I think they're the most complete team. They got all these great skill players on offense. They have such a, a loaded defense and they're the healthiest they've been all year. So I'm really excited for them. Um, they got a tough, a tough matchup in the first round against, against the Seahawks. Uh, division games are always tough, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. Um, but those are our Super Bowl picks. Uh, let's jump into the, the first round of the NFL playoffs. What we're going to do is, is go through the, the point spreads, maybe talk a little bit about the matchups in the game, um, go through all six games, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So first game is the, on Saturday at, at, at uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, I think it's one o'clock Pacific, actually. So it'll be four Eastern. Is the Seattle Seahawks uh, at the 49ers? Uh, this is the two seven seed in the NFC, and the 49ers are favored by nine and a half. Mm. And I live in the Bay Area. It's been raining here for like over a week. And I think it's going to be raining during this football game. Uh, maybe not as bad as the, the Niners Bears week one game that we had earlier this oh, year. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid it's going to be pretty, pretty wet and rainy for this game. Uh, that being said, I think the nine and a half points is way too much. Uh, this 49ers are good, but I see this being a much closer game. I still think the Niners will win, but I'm going to take Seattle at plus nine and a half. Yeah, so I agree with you on the point spread. Um, I agree when it comes down to it. San Francisco's defense is probably going to be just too much for uh, Geno Smith and the Seahawks, but I do give them credit. Um, you know, they, they have a great offense. They have offensive weapons in DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett's back. You have Kenneth Walker. Geno Smith's playing the best football of his career. Uh, he finished as a QB5 in uh, fantasy this year. You know, that's a top five quarterback in fantasy. So we can't just ignore his capabilities or, um, you know, he has some veteran leadership. Sure, he, he hasn't won a Super Bowl or anything like that because he's Geno Smith. But uh, I think he could surprise. And then... What I think it's going to come down to for San Francisco is uh, their running game, obviously. You have Christian McCaffrey. Jordan Mason's looked like he's been picking it up, uh, getting some more volume towards the end of the year. And in order for Seattle to win this game, it would really take Brock Purdy coming back to earth, um, looking like the late round pick that he was, because he's pretty much been automatic, not turning the ball over, getting two touchdowns a game with over 200 yards, and just really running the Shanahan offense almost perfectly. So, um, yeah, I think the nine and a half point spread is a little bit aggressive, but I, I'd definitely be taking the 49ers, um, thinking that they could run the ball against Seattle and uh, just their defense might be a little bit too much. Yeah, so just to be clear, you're also going to take the Seattle for the spread, but Niners to win, right? Yep. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know if you know this, know this, but Seattle's the the first team to play all three quarterbacks. In week two, that's the game Trey Lance got hurt. So they saw him in the beginning. Then they you know saw Jimmy G. And then uh, Purdy played them already in Seattle, so they're going to be the first team to, to see him for the second time. So it'll be interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, plus, I think beating a team three times in a season is really tough. So – um, I think, like you said, if Purdy could take care of the ball, I think if he throws two picks, I think it'll be really hard for the 49ers to win this game. Um, you got to run the, run the ball well and, and take care of the ball. 
Yeah, it would take like a pick six to Tariq mm-hmm. Woolen early on in the game and just changing the momentum. Yeah. Something definitely. like that. So definitely. hopefully not for your sake. Yeah. Uh, next up on Saturday night, we got the uh, LA Chargers at the <coughs> at the Jaguars. Jaguars um, are our home underdogs by two points. I'm going to take Jacksonville here uh, at plus two. I just, I'm really upset that Mike Williams got hurt. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what Brandon Staley was doing. Like if you want your, your starters to be fresh, I feel like play them the first half or like a first couple series and then get them out of there. Right. You know, let them, let them see some live action. But I just think, uh, I, I think Jacksonville's been playing well as of late. They've made a run to make the playoffs win the division and uh, they're going to be at home. I think they're going to be fired up, ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Jacksonville plus two also. I, I would actually also take the money line uh, to win this game. Um, is Justin Herbert a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence? I'm still on the Herbert side. Uh, you know I'm a big Trevor Lawrence believer, but I, Justin Herbert's absolutely amazing. I'm taking nothing away from him. What it is for me is first they're playing in Jacksonville. You already, you already touched on Mike Williams. But um, I really just think it's going to come down to coaching. I'm not really the biggest Staley believer. Uh, I think he makes weird decisions at weird moments. And then you have Doug Peterson, who uh, I really believe in. Uh, I love what he's done with Jacksonville. Um, You look at all Jacksonville's weapons. you got Christian Kirk, ETN, Zay Jones, Engram. Uh, They've got a loaded offense. I will say I, I lean the Chargers defense a little bit more than Jacksonville, but they just played in pretty much a playoff game last week against Tennessee. So they've already got that, you know, back against the wall field. They came out on top, definitely great for the locker room. So at home in this game, I'm expecting them to be fired up and uh, string together another win in advance. Yeah, this should be a a really great game on on Saturday night for everybody to watch. So I'm looking forward to it. Barber Bowl. Yeah, the Barber Bowl. I like it. Uh, next up, we got the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. The the spread is right now. I showed it yesterday when I pulled this at 12 and a half. It is now at 13 and a half favorite oh, for wow. Buffalo, which if you listen to the footballers podcast today, that is the largest point spread in wildcard history. 13 and a half. Uh, I really struggled with this one. I two touchdowns is a big margin, and I wanted to pick the Dolphins. Um, but I went with Buffalo minus 12 and a half. If it's 13 and a half, I'm probably going to take Miami. Uh, just to give some clarity, they are going to start Skylar Thompson against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be really tough. Re- really, really tough. And this game could get out of hand easily. Um, what are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, so I'm, I'm taking Buffalo also. I mean, you have Skylar Thompson versus Josh Allen, at quarterback. We really, um, this really stinks. Because this game would be awesome if Tua was able to play. Um, I mean, they still have Tyree Kill and uh, Jalen Waddle, And I suppose if you get them the ball in open space, they're going to be able to score points. But Skyway Thompson-led offense just is not going to be able to keep up with the Bills. Um, I think the Bills are going to make a statement this week. It's the second game since the, the DeMar Hamlin. Um, injury. Unfortunate, yeah. yeah, unfortunate injury. So – They've had a game in between it, and I, ne- I think now they're just ready to get down to business. They want to win a Super Bowl, and I, I think they're going to make a statement in this game. So I would take the points. Yeah, they're going to want to win for you know Demar Hamlin as well too. So that's going to them. Absolutely, yeah. 
let's see. So that's the first of the Sunday morning games. We got uh, in the middle of the day Sunday, we got the New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings oh, I wish it was the New York Jets, New York Giants. Oh. Yeah, New York Giants. Why, why are you this doing this fast. to me today? I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings. This is the 3-6 the uh, matchup in the NFC. I, I'm going to take the New York Giants here at, at with three points. I, I think they're going to play the Vikings really tough. And, you know, I saw an interesting uh, tweet that I shared with you guys where uh, I'll go look up right now who, who tweeted it, but uh, the, the six seeds are seven and one um, the last eight matchups uh, against the, the three seed in the playoffs. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Trying to pull it up also. Um yeah, that was Andrew Siciliano who tweeted that. Oh, uh, uh, yes. You want to hear something wild? Um, I actually I don't want to go off track too much, but I never knew that Andrew Siciliano did red zone because it's Scott Hansen where, it, like, I have Fios. Yeah. So on Christmas Eve, I was over at my fiance's uncle's house, and we're watching uh, the Red Zone channel. And I guess he had Comcast. Is that what it is where Andrew Siciliano is on it? He does a DirecTV one. All right, yeah. so it's DirecTV. So, like, mm-hmm. I've, I've never had DirecTV. I've grown up with IOS and FIOS now. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, I've seen Andrew Siciliano on TV many, many times. But for whatever reason, I had no idea that, there, that he did Red Zone. So switching over from Scott Hansen over to him. Uh, I'm a big Scott Hansen guy is all I have to say. Me but, too. Yeah. They, it, it was a different experience. I'll say Scott does a really good job of, like, jumping around where there's always a play going on i feel like yeah. the other one you know not nothing against andrew siciliano and them but i just feel like no. they're they're focused on like more of like watching the whole drive and i'm like nah switch it over like yeah we want around. we want the action and the yeah hour, you know all that but anyway so the giants and uh vikings game so after you told us that stat it, it really spoke to me because basically when i look at this game um you look at the offense for the Vikings and they have so many more weapons. Like you don't even know who the wide receiver one is for the giants. Is it Isaiah Hodgins? Is it Richie James? You know, they're, they're a depleted offense for pass catchers as you know, they have Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones took a step up. I think he finished um, QB 10 on the year, if I'm not mistaken, but um, he had some really good rushing stats that helped oh, yeah. tell him and he didn't have as many fumbles. So that was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's playing better football. And then, uh, yeah, for the Vikings, you have all the all the playmakers, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. And I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm like, how do you not take this team? Um, the, the points aren't, you know, it's a three-point spread. So, like, it really came down to which Kirk Cousins are we getting? Because we have seen, like, wild differences in his performances. Um, he, he's sometimes great, sometimes – he completely poops the bed, uh, especially in the m- most high-pressure games. So in the playoffs, I'm just, like, a little nervous. Uh, you gave me that statistic, and it's been it's been on my mind. And I actually think the Giants are going to win this game. Um, they have a better defense, even though they're not a great defense. I would say a better defense than the Vikings. And then I like Brian Dable um, as a coach. I think he's going to have a game plan that's perfect for Daniel Jones and that offense. And I think that defense is going to come to play. So I hope Kirk Cousins – is, you know, the good Kirk Cousins and not the bad Kirk Cousins. Because if he starts slipping up and throwing picks and his accuracy is off, I think they're going to have a long day. 
Yeah, definitely. And and these teams played three weeks ago too, in week week sixteen on Christmas Eve. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Vikings barely won by three points. So that was that field goal. Yeah, and you know, I think a little bit of the three six seed, like you know, being seven and one, the six seed being seven and one against the three seed the past couple of years. I think you know, once a team locks up the division, they aren't as like motivated to keep winning and. You get, you get the six seeds who kind of sneak into the playoffs and are just on a roll. And I think that plays into it as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Next game up. Uh, this is the Sunday night game. We got the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are favored by, by seven and a half. Lamar Jackson is not going to play. He's been tweeting out that he's got a, like a, a knee sprain. I forget what exactly, but says he's not going to be able to play this week. He's still uh, getting better, still wants to be out there, but. It uh, looks like it's going to be it's going to be Tyler Huntley who's put in some limited practice this week, um, and I, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I don't think this game's going to be close. I think this is going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really unfortunate that this is the Sunday night game because uh, it, it may be a blowout on Sunday night football. But uh, what are your what are your thoughts, Joe? I'm happy on Sunday night. I might get an early sleep because uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this game, but. Uh, if you made the spread the same as the uh, Buffalo Miami game, I would I would still take it if it was minus 12 and a half, 13 and a half. Um, yeah. I'm actually surprised it's only minus seven and a half for Cincinnati because uh, I don't think that Baltimore is going to be able to compete. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow, very confident he's going to be scoring touchdowns. Uh, I, I see Jamar going off. I see T Higgins going off in this game. So, uh, I guess the only thing I really want to talk about is do you think that we've seen the last game that Lamar Jackson plays for Baltimore? Because there's some weird stuff going on at this point. Yeah, I don't. I honestly think they're going to franchise tag him. Okay. And try to work out a deal. Um, I mean, Dak, Dak played on the franchise tag for one year and he got, he got paid and it's obvious that the Ravens need Lamar Jackson. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they, yeah, they, made their whole offense around him. Yeah, they they need him big time. And I, you know, I just don't see a, a scenario where they let him walk. They're going to franchise tag him. And if he holds out next year, so be it. But yeah, they're not going to let him walk. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to hold out. I think I think he would play on it and bet on himself and, and get an even bigger contract the following year. So. Yeah, I know there was like a lot of drama with him leading up into the season about getting the new contract, a bunch of the, you know, like uh, no profile picture on Instagram and like yeah. cryptic, uh, cryptic stories kind of stuff. But I feel like all football players are doing it. Yeah. Uh, he actually represents himself. He doesn't have an agent. So um, similar to Roquan Smith, actually, who represents himself as well. And he just got a big contract from the Ravens too. Oh yeah. So yeah. That could really, be telling for the future also. If yeah. Roquan yeah, a player, a player of his caliber. Is resigning with the team. Yeah, definitely. So last game we got for Wild Card Weekend is Monday night. Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cowboys are favored by two and a half. Um, yeah, Cowboys, this was, I guess, their only road loss this year was uh, against Tampa Bay. That's what mm-hmm. I read. So, you know, pretty interesting here. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm taking I'm taking Tampa Bay, uh, the, at the, the home underdogs here at two and a half. I think, uh, you know, playoff Brady, there's just a switch. Also, Ryan Jensen, their starting center, I think they opened up the 21-day window for him to return. He is 
very, very important to their success, not only running the ball, but protecting Brady, giving him, giving him enough time. So uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. Yeah, and I'm looking at my notes right now, but uh, I'm taking Dallas minus 2.5 here. Um, you know, it, it's very hard to bet against Tom Brady. Most of the time when I do, it doesn't end up very well. But I just think that Dallas's defense is unreal. Um, you know, not, not as good as the Eagles, not as good as the 49ers either, but I would say they're the third best defense that we have in the playoffs. Um, I think it's going to be overwhelming for Brady at this stage of his career. We saw him struggle for most of the year, even though he set some records with pass attempts and completions. But uh, I think the defense is going to be overwhelming. And then I just think that Dak's going to be going. Uh, he's got so many weapons with CD, Schultz, Gallup. Um, you have T.Y. Hilton there. I could see him having some big plays if they advance in the playoffs. Um, and then their running game's great with Pollard and Zeke. So I would be taking uh, Dallas in the points, and I think they're going to win the game. Yeah, I think if Dallas had played better against the Commanders Week 18, I would have picked them to win, but they just did not look good. And no, and Dak uh, led the league in interceptions or was tied for it, I think, with uh, the Houston quarterback Davis Mills, and yeah. and he only played a uh, he only played 12 games, so that's pretty impressive to do. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, he's, maybe, he's been he's been tossing them out a lot maybe, lot of interceptions lately. Yeah, maybe if Winston played the whole year for the for the Saints, that'd be a different we'd have a different leader but yeah that's we'll uh, we'll have to see but those are our picks looks like joe and i agreed on everything except for the the dallas tampa bay game um so yeah i'm excited for wild card weekend this is a this is a great weekend to watch watch football three three straight days of it so i'm excited uh, me too all right let's jump over we're gonna do some dynasty buy sell um so i picked out some players we're going to talk, you know, buy, sell, or hold. I've got uh, some players listed, their age. Um, so why don't we start? I'll have, we'll go back and forth, uh, Belder. So I'll take the first one. Um, so we've got Cam Akers running back for the Rams, who's 20, he's going to be 24 years old next year. Uh, you know, he really finished out the year strong, had three straight games over 100 yards rushing. Really kind of the only promising uh, offensive weapon for the Rams here down the stretch uh, mm-hmm. to finish out their year. So, uh, you know, I, if you got Cam Akers, I am holding him. I would, I don't know if I would go out and I'm, I'm never really a fan of buying running backs. Um, I'm, I'm guessing most, most players that probably own Cam Akers are still holding the bag and are kind of, you know, maybe grinning like, all right, he's finally doing something right. But maybe you can get you can get him for a deal if they're trying to just sell sell out on him and this this late run. But uh, I'm definitely going to hold Cam Akers. It's uh, it's good to have a starting running back. It looks like he's going to be their running back um, for next season. Joe, feel free to comment on that, or if you want to jump to the next one, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, in terms of next season and beyond, I, I'm I'm curious about what this Rams offense is going to look like. Um, you know, what's going on with McVay. So McVay's the key holder to the potential of this offense. Uh, you know, they, they, they run through him. So if they have to bring someone else in, then I'm just, I'm afraid for this offense. Uh, we don't know. Stafford says he's playing another year of football, but this was a tough year. Their offensive line was not doing them any favors. 
So uh, I agree on the hold. I wouldn't necessarily sell high, um, but I wouldn't be buying as well. Yeah. Uh, the next one on our list is Cooper Cup. So I love Cooper Cup. So this one's tough for me, but, you know, he's getting older. I don't think he's the most durable guy now that he, he's going to be 30 years old. Um, normally, when we're looking at wide receivers, they're pretty much out of their prime once, like, they're around 32. So once they're getting towards 33 years old is, like, really the time that I think they're really falling off. Um, if I'm a contender, like an absolute contender, I'm in win now mode, then I, I would, I would consider Cooper cup a buy. Um, cause I think he is going to come back next year and be great. Um, I don't think that the end of what we've seen the last two seasons, cause he was incredible before he went down. Um, I don't think that's over. So if I'm a contender, I definitely be looking to buy or hold, but if uh, I'm a team that, you know, the rebuild's coming. Um, maybe I want to stack up on picks or some young players. Uh, th then I would consider Cooper Cup a sell at that point because if your win window isn't in the next two seasons, I just don't think it's worth holding him. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, he's he's going to be thirty, like you said. Uh, you know, that's kind of the wide receiver cliff, as I like to call it, where you know, yeah, they they could play a couple more years at a high level, but um, he did enter the league later. I think he went into the draft at 20, 25, I want to say. So mm -hmm. he was a little bit older of a player. Um, he did lead the all wide receivers in points per game this year. So yep. he's awesome. But yeah, I would, uh, I'd be looking to sell Cooper cup, maybe not during the off season, but as long as Matt Stafford is his quarterback, I think cup will be off to a hot start to start the year and you might be able to get something good for him uh, at the beginning of next year. So that's what I'd probably do, but maybe, Hey, maybe you're, you could sell him to a contender and get a good haul for him uh, while you still can. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the next guy on our list, another older receiver, but uh, still really fast Tyreek Hill, who's going to be 29 next year. He hit a thousand yards receiving halfway through the year this year. He was just awesome. Uh, Tyreek Hill showing that, you know, he can do it with or without Patrick Mahomes, the best QB in the league. So props to props to Tyreek, props to the Dolphins for fitting him into the offense very well. Um, I, I'm still a fan of Tyreek Hill, even though he's 29. You see some mm -hmm. of these, like, faster receivers kind of maybe have a longer shelf life, like, you know, Deshaun Jackson still still burning people at age, you know, whatever he is now, yeah, 32, 30, 33. Yeah, he's up there. So, you know. I think you might be able to get Hill for a little bit of a discount if you're a contending team. Um, you know, last year I I made a, a pretty big trade for him in a league where I sent Michael Pittman and the 103, which turned into Drake London for Tyreek Hill on one of my teams. And I, I got Tyreek Hill. And at first I didn't like it after, you know, he got traded to the Dolphins, but mm -hmm. he, he really helped carry my team to the playoffs um, in one of my teams last year. So Maybe not that expensive, but I think you could probably do like a trade back from around one around two, pick up, you know, pick up a player like Tyreek Hill for somebody who, who's really trying to get back up into that first round um, and still get a couple more great years out of him. Um, mm -hmm. So I would still consider him a, a buyer, a hold in dynasty. 
Yeah, my opinion on him is very similar to that of uh, Cooper Cup. Obviously, they're completely different wide receivers. Um, I'm not saying there's any similarities there. Um, I am a little bit afraid that just because of his size. Um, Plus, he was two as recent like health issues, right? With exactly, there's a lot of uncertainties going on there too. Um, I'm wondering who's going to be throwing him the ball. Um, you know, Lamar's been linked to the Dolphins, but like you said, he's probably going to get franchise tag. So there's there's just a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Miami Dolphins offense. Um, he needs a guy with that could give him like you know deep passes. Um, I, th- I think the coaching's great for him, getting him in space. Because uh, they, they kind of used him like a Debo Samuel's type on some plays this season more than the Chiefs did. Um, you know, talk about your trade this year. You, you traded him in the middle of the year in our league, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the exact pick. I, I know I got a first rounder. Um, I think it was straight up. It was for the 102. Yeah, so for the 102, 102. I, I'm ex- that's what I thought it was. I wasn't sure if it was the 102 or um, one of my other firsts this year. Both of us are completely stacked with first round picks. It's absolutely nuts, me and you. <laughs> and of course, I'm uh, I'm looking into the rookie draft now, and I'm thinking that Brian is picking in between me because I have the uh, 102 and then the 104, and then of course you have the 103. You traded for his pick, yeah, and I didn't even realize. So yeah, it was during the startup draft. I think I traded my uh, my first to him my first pick in the draft in our startup draft. And he gave me like his third, his fifth and his first next year. Okay. So that's how we got Josh Allen. Yep. Very nice. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, looking back at that trade of Tyreek Hill for the one Oh two, I'm, I'm still very happy about it. Um, I ended up making a series of trades after and uh, my quarterback situation is pretty decent. Um, I have the opportunity with those two early first this year, if I want to address the quarterback position. Um, and then you have, I have Trevor Lawrence, who is obviously butting into one of the best young quarterbacks. And then I have Russell Wilson, who hopefully uh, with new coaching could be a, at least an eggshell of his former self um, more than we saw this past season. So uh, I personally like the trade for the direction of my team. Uh, how did you feel on it? Yeah, no, I like it too because that that was just such a high projected pick. Um, I know Goonies kind of went all in, so he was he was motivated to make that deal. He went lose. all in, all in to lose <laughs> lose to me in the playoffs. I know, right? <laughs> I still got third over him, so he didn't even place. For the, he sold his soul to the devil, and he didn't get third place. I know, so that's why it's always it's risky to do that, um, but. Yeah, no, I, I like to trade for you. I was a little surprised because your team was really contending. I was like, dang, Joe's taking a risk here, but you still got farther than Goonies did, right, and made the yeah. trade. If you had the depth, see, if you have the depth and you feel good about it, totally fine with making that trade, getting a, a deal done where you know you win, right? Mm-hmm. You know, all right, I'm winning this trade. I'm going to sell one of my contending players for a guy who's probably already hit his peak or is at his peak, Um and gonna gonna get a win out of it, and I'll just figure out who to start later. And it looks like it didn't even impact you anyway, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I like it. Uh, let's see. I think you're up next. You want you want to hit on yes. uh, Christian Kirk? He's really interesting. Yeah, he's opinion. one of my he's one of my dynasty players on uh, in our league. Also, I love Christian Kirk. Um, obviously, we've hit on how we feel about Trevor Lawrence and his ascension in his second season with Doug Peterson there. 
But uh, yeah, so it's wide receiver one, Christian Kirk. Um, kind of bounced back and forth of like who was going to have the big game between Christian Kirk and Zay Jones this season. Uh, Christian Kirk's the youngest of their pass catchers. So he's younger than Zay. Uh, he's younger than Ingram. And he's also younger than Calvin Ridley, who um, is going to be on the team next season. So it's going to be interesting to see what, where Trevor Lawrence really prefers to throw the ball next season with Calvin Ridley there. Cause I do think that Ridley in his prime um, was obviously a star. And I think that he is better than Christian Kirk, but Christian Kirk, you know, he had his first a thousand yard season. Um, he's only 26 years old. And I, I, I love the direction of this offense. So I consider him a buy. I've gotten a bunch of offers in our league for him. And I keep saying no, especially because I have Trevor Lawrence. So like I I'm in love with that stack. But, um, yeah, I, lo I love his age and I love his talent. And, you know, you could say that you could sell high after his first 1,000-yard season, but um, I think he has plenty of good years ahead. Yeah, this is his fifth, I would say. Yeah, it looks like his fifth full season playing. Um, I never saw the hype with him early on in his dynasty, you know, early on in his dynasty career. Like, I'd see people be like, oh, Christian Kirk, you know, um, Super excited. I mean, in his second year, he had 108 targets. So mm -hmm. in 2019, that's pretty impressive. And, and uh, you know, he had 79 targets in 2020, 103 in 2021 with the Cardinals. And then, you know, now he's at 133 this year for the Jaguars and really their number one guy and really stepped up. And, uh, you know, nobody, everybody was kind of surprised about the money they gave him. But that's another thing in Dynasty. You got to look at contracts. You got to look at teams like committing to a player. Like that's all good signs for Christian Kirk. He's going to be the number one sign long-term. He's up. He's paired with his quarterback, his young quarterback that's developed really well in year two. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Go see if you can get Christian Kirk. I'm comfortable sending a 2023, probably mid to early second for him. Uh, you might be able to pry him away from someone who's trying to get back into, you know, the rookie draft or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. definitely scroll through your teams in your league and just see who doesn't have like a first or a second pick in your draft because they're going to get FOMO, uh, you know, as the NFL draft looms. And we're watching all these amazing prospects that a lot of people probably haven't even heard that much hype on. Um, once those summer workouts, the draft combine comes, people are going to want those picks. So uh, you, you might be able to get a really good player for um, some of that draft capital. So I would definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you get All to right. talk about the best player ever. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we got Jamal Williams. Uh, he is 27 years old. I, let's see, did I put that on here? I put him as 28, but he's actually 27 right now. He's probably going to be 28. Yeah, soon. He'll be 28 for the, for the 2023 season. But Jamal Williams, he finished the season with 17 rushing touchdowns. That is mm -hmm. outrageous, incredible. He was RB13 in, in PPR. Just had an awesome year. Um, it just makes, as a Swift like enthusiast, just imagine how good DeAndre Swift would be if he got the rushing close like goal line work with his receptions. Oh, he'd break oh, fantasy man. football. It's never going to happen though. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jamal Williams. Uh, I honestly think he's going to resign with the Detroit lions this year. I think mm -hmm. he likes playing with, for them. 
he's probably going to say there's like unfinished business and they got to make the playoffs. And, and uh, so I think he's going to resign with Detroit. Um, I think he's still, uh, I think he's still going to kind of do what he did this year. Maybe not that many touchdowns or probably lean towards some touchdown regression, but um, yeah, I, I still think you can get a, uh, you know, you could, I would still consider him a buy, even though he's 27, I think he's a buyer holding dynasty. And mm-hmm. I think you could still, you know, get him, get him for a, I would say a discount just because of the name. And you got, you know, you got DeAndre Swift in that backfield, who's still probably the number one, you know, dynasty value target in that backfield. But I still think you can get Jabal for, uh, for a discount based on what he's going to do production wise next year. Mm-hmm. You see his uh, post-game interview. After yeah, the he's he's hilarious. I, I love that he yeah. just is himself and just goes out there and, and does whatever he feels. He like. was like, yeah, he was talking about his grandpa first, and like it was like super emotional. And I'm like sitting there, like like tears like rolling in my eyes almost. And then all of a sudden, he just flips a switch and just gets super fired up. And like it, it was just like the craziest change of emotions. I would love to be that guy's teammate. I feel like uh, you know, like if he if he's giving you a speech heading out of that tunnel you're ready to run through a brick wall. So I'm, I'm really excited for that whole, that whole team moving forwards. Um, I think Hutch was a great draft pick and then everyone in that offense is developing awesomely. And once we get a full season of Jamison Williams, him with a Monroe is just going to be super cool. But um, I don't typically like to buy running backs that are over the age of 27. So if I were to be interested in buying, like if I have them on my team, I'm probably holding them. Like I'm not trying to get rid of him. You but, might be able um, to get him as like a throw in on a deal or something. I would love, yeah, I would love that. And then also like if he's kind of the missing piece to, you know, if, if you could throw him like in your flex type of thing and you're a competing team, then I would absolutely go out of my way to try to trade for him. But just, you know, he's going to be 28 this year. Um, you do have DeAndre Swift still there. I've been writing an article and it's been taking me forever. I'm trying to, right, 100 facts and takeaways from the uh, 2022 season. I'm currently on 82. Um, and I was just looking at – I've been looking at stats like crazy for the last week. And I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head, but something like in half PPR, I think Jamal Williams finished as the RB8 and DeAndre Swift finished as the RB22. So they both finished in the top 25, but both of them were like 43% or under – average uh snap percentage wow yeah and they both finished top 25 so that that's pretty crazy that is that is wow that's a great stat yeah i've been pulling i've been pulling a lot of stats trying (laughs) just trying my best but uh yeah no I'm, i'm very excited for the lions like that's definitely a team going into 2023 that i can't wait to watch how their season unfolds um the next player on our list let's look We've got Deontay Johnson. Um, I wish Derek was feeling better so he could talk about Deontay because I know he's a big Deontay truther. Um, he's, I think he's only 26 years old. He's going to be 27. Um, my problem is, I think, I think the problem that a lot of people have with him is he's surrounded by like George Pickens, Najee Harris, and Pat Fryermuth, who are all younger than him. So it almost makes... Deontay Johnson feel like this like seasoned veteran that's like you know like 29 years old or something but he's still super young um it's there's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense and I I liked what we saw from Kenny Pickett 
um, in the back half of the year. I, I mean, he, he put them in contention to make the playoffs. But I am a little bit nervous that uh, if Deontay stays with the Steelers, that um, I don't know how high his ceiling is. He had zero touchdowns this season. Uh, he's due for positive regression. I think that he had 18 red zone targets this season. Um, I'm just pulling that because that's one of the stats that I, that I wrote down in that 82 facts. But um, so he, he, he should have more touchdowns next season. But um, I don't think we're going to get what we got used to when Big Ben was the quarterback. Um, when Kenny Pickett's there, I think that Pickett likes Pickens. Um, I think that he likes Fryermuth a whole lot. And their play styles might better suit um, that offense with Kenny Pickett than Deontay Johnson. So I would personally be trying to sell him. Um, wouldn't mind holding him, but he's not a buy for me. Yeah, I think a product of this year was a little bit, you know, rookie quarterback um, definitely played a, fact, played a factor in that. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you just hope that Kenny Pickett can make that year two leap or year two step up where he can like, you know, throw some passing touchdowns. Um, like, you know, he's been playing most of the year and he already got lapped by Brock Purdy for passing touchdowns this season, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I I am still interested in Deontay Johnson. You might be able to, you know, get a get a sneaky deal in there where you can go buy him from someone who's just frustrated with him for this year. Um, but I'm, I have a lot of shares of him. I, I'm going to hold him and, and hope that Kenny Pickett can make, a, you know, make some progress this year or, or, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe Tom Brady decides, Hey, I'm going to go, go somewhere new and maybe the Steelers are an option for him. I don't know. That's <laughs> you never know, but Aaron Rodgers too. <laughs> yeah. You, you never know. Never know, man. But, uh, last we got two more on the list. Um, we're going to jump to JK Dobbins real quick. And then I thought it'd be cool to, just talk briefly about all the Denver players since they kind of had a weird year. So we'll get to them next, but uh, I got JK Dobbins on here. He's going to be 24 Dobbins. I just love the talent for him. And it really sucks that he got hurt last year uh, in the preseason game, tearing his ACL and MCL and all that. But uh, he, he came back after being inactive uh, or being on, I think on the pup at the beginning of the season, and then had some great games and then re-aggravated his knee, missed, uh, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And then comes back and has 15 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. Just boom, against Pittsburgh. And then comes back with another 100-yard game. And then uh, – but, but did this with all under, you know, 50% of snaps, kind of like the Jamal Williams and uh, DeAndre Swift uh, line. There's mm-hmm. also got at Gus Edwards there. Also, Lamar Jackson loves to run the ball. So he's never going to be that like 70% guy. So it makes me kind of nervous, but I still like Dobbins. I like the talent. I still think it'll win out in the end. So I'm still a buy on J.K. Dobbins as a player. Yeah, I like J.K. Dobbins a lot. Um, He's just one of those guys also that, you know, everyone has a play because the running back position injuries are completely unpredictable. Um, you never know when someone's going to go down. It's uh, the worst part of the sport, and running backs are most susceptible because of the hits that they take. But uh, he's kind of a player that I have implanted in my brain that he's injury-prone. Um, I have the same feelings about DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook. 
it's just some players that, you know, you either believe or don't believe. Um, and I do have concerns with Dobbins. With that said, um, I have similar feelings with him that I do Cam Akers. We were talking about Akers earlier. And if I were to be trying to trade for either one, I would prefer Dobbins slightly more than Akers. Um, just personal preference. But um, yeah, I would, I would be fine buying him. Um, definitely a hold. And I wouldn't really be going out of my way to sell him either. But uh, it's going to be interesting what that offense looks like next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last on the list, we got all the Denver players. I don't know if there's anyone you want to call out specifically, Joe, but I wanted to talk real quick about Russell Wilson, who in two games without Nathaniel Hackett, he puts up 25 points and 30 points for fantasy, of course. you know. So I'm not worried about Russell Wilson. I think it was more of the coaching. So, you know, I saw some crazy trades near the middle of the season where it was like, would you rather have Russell Wilson or a 23 second? And I'm like, Russell Wilson. And then he goes out and, you know, has four straight weeks under 15 points after the bye. And you're like, oh, 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 you know, shoot, you know, <laughs> maybe I want the 23 second. But no, I, I still think Russell Wilson is is a buy. I think he'll be just fine. He's 34. He's 34. Years old. Yeah, 34. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he'll be just fine. I think he's a discounted quarterback you can get. And uh, you know, maybe they'll get Sean Payton, you know. If they get Sean Payton, I'm going to be so happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I still believe in Russ. Also, I made a trade for him in our league um, midseason. Um, <laughs> Derek just put his baby on camera. And that is that is an extremely cute baby. That is a very cute baby. I thought this guy was supposed to be sick. <laughs> as his baby on camera, but uh, yeah, no. So I th I think uh, things are going to get better for the Broncos. Um, I'm I'm really hoping they get Sean Payton, and I I'm still a Russ believer. Uh, don't really care about the nonsense off the field because he's a, he's a bit of a goof, but, um, I think, I think he has plenty of good football left in him, um, at this stage of his career. And I think he, he definitely has something to prove with that contract. I think with all the Denver players, you kind of like throw this year out besides Judy, Judy actually did pretty good this year. He did. And Greg Dulcich for that matter. But yeah. Yeah. And like Sutton. I'm really disappointed. He's probably my biggest miss this year because I drafted a lot of Cortland Sutton in redraft too. But, you know, Judy, great route runner. He needs to work on his hands a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how many of these were uncatchable, but he had 100 targets, only caught 67 of them. I bet you part of that's a little bit of Russ Wilson um, with Nathaniel Hackett. But he almost had 1,000 yards receiving. He had 972, which I think is pretty impressive for on just 67 catches. So... Uh, good for Jerry Judy. I think you can kind of chalk this up as a, as a maybe 50, 50 breakout year for him. He finished the year really strong. So he's um, 23. Yeah. He's only 23. So that's really impressive for Judy. I've been seeing people mm -hmm. on Twitter call Cortland Sutton, just a, a more expensive DJ Chark because their, their career numbers are pretty similar. So yeah, I'm like, uh Oh, so I, I still believe in Sutton. Um, uh, We'll see what happens next year. It seems like Russ, Russ was uh, that was his his go to guy. So we'll we'll see what happens with Cortland Sutton. Yeah, Sutton is what I call dodging a bullet uh, for me on the twenty twenty two season because there's always that one player that you have ranked super high, but then judging on where you're drafting and all your leagues, you just can't get them. And that was Cortland Sutton for me, and I was I was pretty upset about it. 
Uh, I didn't, I also wanted Russell Wilson in my friends league that I ended up winning and I dodged a huge bullet with that as well. So those were, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was super high on both of them. I thought the Broncos offense was going to be awesome, but um, yeah. So Judy, I'm buy slash hold Cortland Sutton. I'm sell um, if you can, but I wouldn't sell them for, you know, pennies on the dollar necessarily. Uh, Javante nervous. Um, you know, you drafted him in a startup to be an amazing, amazing running back. He's still very young, but I'm just, I'm not sure that he's ever going to get that full usage, um, that we want from him. I don't know if we're ever going to get that, yeah, like 80% snap usage from him. Um, and then to start the season next year, there's a lot of uncertainties with him. Uh, Greg Dulcich is a buy for me. I, I really like Greg Dulcich. I mean, I don't want you guys to forget about, uh, Tim Patrick. Because he's a little bit older. He's like, I think he's 29 years old. But I honestly thought that he had a shot at uh, being the wide receiver one in this offense heading into the season. And then he had the terrible injury. Um, I think that his play style, his maturity, would mesh really well with uh, the way that Russell Wilson Wilson plays football. So uh, I'm hoping for a healthy season from Tim Patrick next year. If you could get him for pretty much absolutely nothing, um, I would – I would 100% go for it. He's a player that I'll probably even be looking at and redraft at the very end of my drafts in like 12 or 14 team leagues next year. So um, don't forget about Tim Patrick and hopefully he recovers well. I like it. Yeah, I'm a big Tim Patrick fan as well. Um, I think I think it might have missed the buy window on Javante. You could probably get him in the offseason. I still believe in the talent. I think he'll mm-hmm. make a full recovery. Um, one of the trades I did was leading up to the fantasy playoffs. I still made the playoffs, but I had DeAndre Hopkins. I flipped him for Javante to the number one seed, who was like, went all in. And uh, I'm pretty happy with that because – No, that's uh, unreal. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, timing's everything. And I think if you had a rebuilding team or middle-of-the-pack team and you can go buy Javante for giving a contender some some better pieces, sometimes the, the best trade just works out on its own depending on the teams. Right. So I'm still, uh, I'm still by on Javante. I think uh, him and Kyler Murray, go take the injury discount go see if you can trade for them. Cause I still think they're really, really talented, good football players that are going to put up a lot of fantasy points, um, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but Hey, that's, that's going to conclude it for today. Um, thanks everyone for calling in. Good luck to your, uh, your NFL teams. If they're in the playoffs, but uh, this is the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, if you're interested in following us on Twitter, I'm at Joseph Mason 94 Joe's at Joe Beldner, and then Derek's uh, at NARP Dad, N-A-R-P Dad. Um, Non-athletic regular person. Yeah. For those, for those wondering at home. Yeah. But uh, this is the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, have a good one. Thanks for listening in.